Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of our podcast, Deen Thoughts, with your two favorite hosts, Mira and Adam. And today, alhamdulillah, we are back with another episode. Um, it's been a while, right? We There was the last 10 nights, and then Eid, and then now we're getting caught up with all the finals and, you know, all the studying. But alhamdulillah, we are able to fit in an episode today. And so, inshallah, we can make it a great episode. But yeah, we are very sorry for all like the delay with the episodes. We had a lot of people reaching out, uh, wanting another episode. So, uh, alhamdulillah, today we got the episode for you guys. And we hope you guys had an amazing Ramadan, an amazing Eid, inshallah. And that we all were able to push ourselves and able to attain new levels and new closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the blessed month of Ramadan. Yes, I mean. And of course, we're today's topic is gonna be um, all about riyah, everything. But we're gonna dive into that. But before we do, um, you know, like I'm pretty sure everyone's probably heard this spiel like thousands of times at their masajid and whatever. But it's just maintaining the steadfastness after Ramadan. Like Ramadan is not supposed to be just something in our life where we like look back at it and we're like, oh, it was nice to worship Allah. The same Lord that you worship during the month of Ramadan is the same Allah that you're worshiping now. So like. Basically, what we want to do is there's a hadith, there's an ayah in the Quran where basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, don't be like the woman who undid her knitting. Basically, there was a woman um, who the whole night she would spend like knitting like a sweater or something. And then she would wake up the next day and she would unknit the whole thing just to knit it again. So like we knitted our deen, we knitted a, a new connection, a new closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't want to, after Ramadan, start unknitting it by all of the sins and all of the, the bad stuff that we're going to go back to. Essentially, Ramadan is supposed to be something that gives us conviction. You know, the point of Ramadan is to attain taqwa, to attain more of a closeness to Allah. As in, like, for 30 days, you were able to give up this sin or you were able to push yourself. That means for the rest of your life, you should be able to. So, I mean, one practical tip is half it. Half everything that you did in Ramadan. You read a jazit, read 10, 10 pages. You read 10, read 5. You were fasting the whole month, fast Monday and Thursdays. Don't just let go because the reason we were created was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I hope everyone was able to taste the sweetness of being able to worship Allah and that we long for that to be able to continue with ibadah after the month of Ramadan as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very great point. Um, inshallah, like going forward, uh, one of the signs of the acceptance of our fasting on Ramadan, many of us may have heard this multiple times, is to keep going with our um, you know, our ibadah, like to increase the than what we were doing before we entered into Ramadan. So like Mira said, halving, halving, you know, 10 pages instead of 20. So inshallah, all of us should have a goal where we have increased in our ibadah before than how we were before we entered into Ramadan. And in doing this, inshallah, we can all grow in iman and, um, you know, it will be a great experience for us, um, inshallah. It's kind of like you're climbing the stairs. Every Ramadan, you should, like, when you climb a set of stairs, every Ramadan should be a set higher. But there's a little bit of leeway for you to go back. Because naturally, we're not going to be able to maintain the same level. Shayateen are out, our nafis, and it's just a longer time. It, it's understandable that we're not going to be the same as we were in the month of Ramadan. But that doesn't mean you go back to where you were before. Every Ramadan, you should be better than the one that you left. Does that make right. sense? Any, any way that you can improve, whether that be just doing your sunnahs, you know, reading more Qur'an, going to the masjid, all of these. And I would say probably my biggest advice is going to the masjid for Aisha. You know, that is one of the best things that you can do. Just make that a habit. 
you know, the Meshed isn't only there for Ramadan, for Tarawih. It's also, it's always there. And one, and we know the hadith that one of the people who will be under the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be the person whose heart is connected to the Masjid. So inshallah, we should all strive to, you know, make it a habit to go to the Masjid, even if it's for one Salah day, Aisha, Fajr, you know, any of the Salahs. So that would be a great habit, inshallah. And honestly, I think just to tie it up, it's nice because now we're going into summer for most of us. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll be done within the next month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَإِذَا فَرَخْتَ فَانْصَلْ When you become free, then do more ibadah. So now, inshallah, like we're coming on to summer, people are going to have more time. Fill in that time with more ibadah that you were doing during Ramadan that now you're going to be able to do. And with that, of course, we don't want to forget the six days of Shawwal. So Allah, the Prophet Muhammad he says in Hadith, Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan and then follows it with fasting six days in the month of Shawwal, it's as if he fasted the whole year. And the reason is because we know that all of our our deeds, all of our good deeds are multiplied ten times. So the sixty day, the thirty days in Ramadan equals three hundred days, which is ten months, because it's one month multiplied by ten becomes ten months. Then the six days in the month of Shawwal becomes sixty, which is two months, which equals a full twelve months. So just fasting six extra days is as if you fasted the whole year. And for the girls out there who like, if they missed out any days because of like menses or like anyone who is traveling, there's a difference of opinion amongst the scholars and the difference of opinion gives us a leeway, alhamdulillah. But basically the best, best, best thing to do is to make up all the fasts that you missed during the month of Ramadan and then do your six days of shawal. But for most girls, it's nearly impossible because you'll be fasting the whole month. So there is a hadith from Sitna Aisha radiallahu anha that she used to make up her days from Ramadan from, that she missed from her menses in the month of Sha'ban, which is the month right before Ramadan. But she also, there's a narration that says she used to fast the six days of Shawwal. So the scholars, they reconciled between this and they said, for a woman, she's allowed to fast the six days of Shawwal without having made up her fast from Ramadan because the, the reward for fasting the six days of Shawwal can only be done in Shawwal. As in like, I can't just choose any other six days of the year and still get this reward. It's only this month. So the limitness of this ibadah, of this worship, gives us the leeway to be able to push our missed fast and then fast the six days of Shawwal before, inshallah. Okay, so let's just get now into the topic, our main topic, inshallah, for today, which, inshallah, is going to be riyat. So let's just start off by kind of explaining what riyat is. Um, riyat, as many of us may know, is kind of known as a minor shirk, which is showing off so it would be like um doing our ibadah but not for the sake of allah the intention is for other reasons so like, or for might example, be mixed huh? like or yeah yeah like, like mixed, with yeah. Uh, with for allah but also for someone yeah. else so like and all of us struggle with this and that's what we're going to get into today so basically like for example let's just say i'm reading quran out loud and some of my friends are listening to me um instead of my intention being solely for allah I have like a little bit of intention where my friends, maybe they'll like my qira'ah, my voice and whatnot. And this is not correct because we know that all of our ibadah, all of our um, anything that we do should be solely for Allah. You know, He is Al-Ahad. He is the one and this is the one intention that we have is for Him because He created us. So knowing that, we're going to look into a couple of hadith inshallah. And then I have like a kind of like an analogy I want to bring that hopefully will help us all kind of change our mindset um, into going forward for all our actions, inshallah. So Amina's going to bring in hadith. Okay, so the first one, um, basically like Adam mentioned, 
The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he tells us in a hadith that the, the thing that I fear from my ummah the most is riya, which is basically showing off. And he explains that riya, or this concept of showing off, showing off, it creeps up upon like the believers like a black ant in the darkness of the night. In the sense that you're not going to be able to see it, you won't be able to recognize it. It's very like hidden, and you kind of just like won't realize that it happens to you. And so that's why it's so important for us to know what it is, like what we can do to combat it. And there's another hadith that mentions that the Prophet Muhammad said, the first of the people that are on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bring, bring three people. There's going to be a martyr, there's going to be a person who used to read, and like he was like a hafiz, and there's going to be someone who used to um, donate like all of his riches, all of his wealth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to throw each one of them into the fire. And the, pro the companions, they asked the Prophet, like, why are they going to be thrown into the fire? Because, like, they used to do such good, like, such good actions. Like, we know how honorable a martyr is in the sight of Allah, and, like, a hafid, and someone who used to give so much donation and sadaqah. And he says, because he'll tell, the martyr, he'll, he'll tell him, like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, like, why did you fight for my sake? And he said, oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so your deen can become, like, the only deen, and people will know it. And he's like, no, you're lying. You only fought so that people could say you're strong, and, like, you could show off to people. And he'll bring the person who used to read Qur'an and he'll say, why did you used to like read Qur'an? And he will say, oh, like I studied the religion and I recited it for your sake, ya Allah. And he'll say, you lied. You did it just so that people could say you're knowledgeable. And same thing with the guy that used to donate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, why did you donate all of this wealth? And he will say, oh, for your sake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, that's not true. You only donated it so people could say that you were rich, that you were rich and that you used to give to people. So the bottom line, the, the theme within all of these is that they, their actions, their intention was not for the sake of Allah. It was for the sake of people. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the hadith, that actions are judged by their intention and for every person is what they intended. So your intention is the most important thing that comes with an action. Essentially your intention should come before the, in, the action and it should be constantly nullified and rectified throughout the action as well. Yeah, so... <clears throat> SubhanAllah, um, Riyah is honestly a very scary thing, but it's important to note that everyone struggles with this. So, you know, like, even if you notice, like, right now, oh, there was a couple times where I've had this struggle, and I may not have even realized it. Well, SubhanAllah, um, Shaitan's going to come to you, and he's going to, you know, whisper to you, and he's going to make you feel some ways, this way or that way. Oh, look at these people, what they're going to think of you. But the main point that you need to realize is, you need to be constantly working on this point where you are com uh, constantly renewing your intention. And what we can notice about this is, now I want to enter into like my analogy, which is what we constantly do as human beings is we're always like looking at the reputation uh, of ourselves towards others. You know, how others may view you. Oh, this guy's a nice guy. He's a wealthy guy. He, you know, he's always donating. He's always doing this. But we never look at the reputation of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks about us. And this is kind of going to the core deepness of what causes this riyat, which is the fact that you want your reputation to be good in front of others. You want others to think good of you. But subhanAllah, shaitan is the one that kind of veers us off the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why don't we ever look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may think of us, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may mention us, you know, He is the King of Kings, He is the one who created everyone, um, so subhanAllah, He is the most important, and if we are constantly having our thoughts 
just on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks of us, then we would live much different lives. Let's be honest. And so there's a hadith that I wanted to mention on this point, which is basically says that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he loves a slave, he will call out to Jibreel and he will tell him, I love so-and-so, so love him. And then Jibreel will love him. After that, Jibreel announces to the inhabitants of the heavens that Allah loves so-and-so. So basically all the angels. He will tell him, Allah loves so-and-so, so love him. And the inhabitants of the heaven and the angels also love him. And then make people on earth love him. Only because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all they needed to know was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this individual. So imagine everyone in the heavens and the earth love that individual just because that's all the information they needed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved them. So what am I trying to get at at this point? What I'm trying to get at is, subhanAllah, if we had our intentions set on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wanting Him to love us and be pleased with us, then we would attain this love from everyone else and from the inhabitants of the heaven and the earth. Could you imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning your name to all the angels and to Jibreel alayhi salam? We never ever think about this, you know. And subhanAllah, I think it's a, a kind of a great way to set your mindset, right? Obviously, your intention should be solely for Allah, which is, I'm doing this for Allah. But imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves you. And He is, because of this action that you're doing solely for Him, He is pleased with you. And He is mentioning you um, with all these angels. So subhanAllah, that is one point that I felt like should be um, definitely brought up. The next thing also is we need to know that there's also hadith that says, Allah says, I am just as my slave thinks I am. So in this case, we need to always imagine Allah as the best thing. You know, he's, He loves us so much. He is so kind. He's accepting all our good deeds. He loves when I do this good deed. But how does this tie into riyat, you may ask? Well, if we really think about it, right, when we are doing an action for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need. We are trying to imagine. Like you won't. You're not going to want to do something for Allah if Allah isn't accepting this, or if Allah is not happy with you, or if Allah isn't. If Allah doesn't care that you're doing this, because in that case, why would I even want to do this action? But if I am thinking about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Allah is so happy when I do this action. Allah is so pleased with me. Allah is going to reward me with the biggest rewards. Allah. He looks at me, he's, he, he's like so happy with me and on the day of judgment I'm going to come and he's going to reward me so much. Then imagine how much you're going to want to do that action just for Allah. Because you know that the reward of it is much greater than any reward anyone could give you in this world. Because in the end, in this world, the people, what they'll give you, their little, um, like that little satisfaction, oh, like a compliment or whatnot from the people, it won't even amount to anything when we get to the day of judgment. And that's why in the hadith that Mira mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He puts them in the hellfire because He says, You got your reward in this dunya. You, got your, you were seeking the reward of the people and you got it. That's what you got. You did not seek my reward, so you're not going to get it. But if you're seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward, which is a great reward, then inshallah, you know, you have this um, kind of, uh, inshallah, to enter Jannah. And then also... Can I mention something? Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, like, on, off of your points, just, you know, like, they say, um, like, basically, when you're, like, kind of what you're saying, when you're doing something, when you're doing an action, the scholars of the past, 
if you look at like the really really big scholars, whenever they used to get praised, which is honestly like when you do it, when like if your intention is diyat, it's like you said to get satisfaction from the people, like appraisement. So like the scholars of the past, when they used to get praised, they always used to like rehumble themselves by saying, "This is only because Allah is satir, satara ala my sins." Like in the sense that no one is ever perfect, and the only reason people are praising you is because what they're seeing is your your quote unquote perfection. But in reality, when you go home or when you're by yourself, the only one that truly knows who you are is Allah subhanahu wa taala because He sees your imperfections. So one other thing is like when you start to get like it starts to get your head to your head from shaitan and like oh you like people's compliments. Remember about all those other things that you were doing that if people knew about it, they wouldn't even look at you again because of all the sins, all the things that you were doing. And this is like one thing that the people of the past used to really do to like kind of rehumble themselves and like reground them. But, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, 100%. I mean, also, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that made these people be happy with you, you know? Isn't it like, um the I don't remember what A it's from, but I don't know who said this, but basically, like, you're seeking satisfaction from a creation that started from a piece of sperm and will end as dust, and in between it's just a vessel that carries feces and urine. Yeah, it was... There was a, uh, it was like a prince or something. He was walking, and he had his kind of his clothes like draping behind him, and so someone came and told him, and he was like walking haughtily, you know, like, like he had arrogance. arrogance. Yeah, and so someone came and told him like, like how are you walking haughtily, or like around these lines, and he told him, do you know who I am? And he said, yeah, I know who you are. You started off as a nutfa, like as a sperm, a sperm. and you were gonna end uh, into like the grave and like as a dead body, or, or I forgot. Exactly That's what eaten it was. by like. Yeah. animals in the grass. and in between you are just a vessel that holds these you know, species in your species yeah in. and so right away after the prince heard that he like you know he humbled himself is that so in Sutul Qiyamah yeah right and so I mean it's like that was like a very great point because in a sense everything you're doing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who allowed you to do that you know, like you are praying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who allowed you to pray and who guided you to pray. So how are you going to be, um, your intention not for Allah? Also, when you think about it, like, okay, you're showing off to this one person for like, I don't know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 2 minutes, 2 hours, however long they are with you. But then when you both die, who are you going to be showing off to now? You know, mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions in the Quran, like people who um, associated partners with Allah, he tells them on the Day of Judgment, he, he tells them, call to your partners. What benefit do they have for you today? So it's like the same concept for us, like call to those people that you showed off. What reward are they going to give you? Bil'akis, what reward, the opposite, what reward did they take away from you? Yeah. Because your actions, saru haba'an manthura, like it's completely gone when you start to associate someone with, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, subhanAllah. And so to keep going on my point, um, we also need to realize that when we are in the grave and when we go to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so kind of what you mentioned, when you die, the, the second you die, everything else, you're cut off from everything, right? You are in the grave, you are alone, right? You are under the dirt. And what benefit will you have from these people that praised you? No benefit, right? So like you said, all those deeds are gone. And so... If we imagine that every time we do a, a good deed, and we just say, well, okay, I could have the intention right now for the people, and they will give me a little bit of praise, and I'll feel good about myself. But then imagine I'm going to die, 
And all that praise is going to amount to nothing when I'm in the grave alone, scared, you know, and the angels of death are going to come and question you and all this. And so this is a scary um, image. And this isn't only actually based on yet. It really is for everything we do. This scary image that you are going to die and your deeds are cut off except for obviously your um, reoccurring deeds. And so how are we you know, going forward when we realize this? Are we keeping on thinking about this, this scenario where we're going to die, you know? Or are we just kind of putting it in the back of our head and going on in our lives? Because that's not how it should be. And the second point is when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, because this is the happiest time for a believer. Because this is the time where he will be rewarded with all what he used to do, you know, all those nights that you stayed up in Qiyam, all the time you read Quran, all that dhikr you used to do, this is the time where you will come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will reward you and you will see how happy he is with you, you know, because right now all of our belief is of the unseen. We cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now. We cannot see the angels. We cannot see all this. But because you believe in it right now, on the day of judgment when you come to Allah, you will be rewarded a tremendous amount. So this is, subhanAllah, um, kind of the mindset that we need to be having going into the good deeds. You know, living your life worried with how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala perceives you and how He, uh, you know, thinks of you and cares of you. So in going into all our actions thinking, how is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to perceive me after this action? If it's a great action, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be so happy with me, you know, have the best um, th thoughts and mindset about Allah, that Allah will be so happy with me. Be confident that this deed, inshallah, will be accepted if your intention is right. And be confident that this deed, that this deed is good enough for Allah, right? And Mira actually one time she brought to me uh, one of the wives of the Prophet. She was always content with what she did. Right? So she was content with oh, her actions. Oh, uh, Sauda. Sayyidina Sauda. Sayyidina Sauda. She right. never used to compare herself to anyone. Right. So subhanAllah, like if you are always content, like knowing this deed, inshallah, will be good enough for Allah because He knows my efforts. And then in this case, then you will have the greatest thoughts and perceiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing that inshallah, Allah will love you. He will uh, accept this deed. He'll be so happy with you. Also, like another thing that's important to... Um, point out is like I think I think Riyah is something that literally every single person struggles with like even 100%. E and you know how I know this open any book of hadith the first hadith if not the first and the second is the hadith about even if it has nothing to do with the type of hadith that they're talking about most scholars write this hadith as the first hadith in their book of like hadith to remind themselves before they're going to remind everyone else that you're starting off this journey of knowledge, your your intention, you have to nullify your intention. And there was a famous scholar, nullify. I mean, not nullify, re rectify, rectify, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a scholar, he used to say that he would share, when he shared one hadith, which how long does the longest hadith take you? Like probably like two minutes. Mm -hmm. He said he, he kept on struggling to purify his intention 70 times. Oh. 70 times for one hadith. And this is a scholar. Yani, what about us? So I feel like we can't beat ourselves up if we are struggling with this concept of yet, we always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like, to help us make our intentions purely for His sake Ameen. and to help us like rectify, not rectify, what is it? Yeah, rectify, purify our intentions completely for Him. Yeah. But don't beat yourself up about it. As long, 
like this is how you know as long as you're someone who you're not complacent you're not content with the fact that you don't care if you feel so bad that this is even something that you're struggling with and you're really that's a really good sign yeah. and you're just trying and trying and the analogy that um we were talking about me and adam was like imagine like you go out with a friend okay and you're sitting and it's just you and you and you're catching up and whatever and you're talking to your friend and then suddenly they go on their phone and they're like oh i'm still listening i'm still listening to you and then you're like but you're not like it's disrespectful for you to go on your phone when i'm sitting and having a conversation with you when we do ibadah to allah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't even need our ibadah we are in need of his ibadah allah if we not a single one of us did ibadah would not increase in his dominion anything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we do ibadah because we need Allah. Because we want His Jannah. He's worthy of worship. So then if Allah who already doesn't need our ibadah, why do we not see it to be disrespectful that we don't give Him our pure, our full intention? That our attention is also for someone else. That our attention is also for this person to see. Our attention should be completely for Allah in an action. So that's like also something that for, like to like think about because then it kind of just like helps bring it closer to our mind. And the one ayah that I wanted to mention, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in Surah Al-Nahl, وَإِنَّ لَكُمْ فِي الْأَنْعَامِ لَعِبْرَةً He says that in the cattle, there is a lesson for you. He says, نُسْقِيكُمْ مِمَّا فِي بُطُولِهِ مِنْ بَيْنِ فَرْثٍ وَدَمٍ لَبَنًا خَالِصًا سَائِغًا للشاربين. He says that we give to you a drink from what is in their bellies, from between bowel and blood, a milk pure to the drinkers. So someone, someone once said a story. You know when you milk a cow, Apparently the gutter for like the milk is right between like the the one word for the pee and like blood. There's like three veins, one that carries pee, one that carries the milk and one that carries the blood. So the guy was saying that they were milking the 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 cow and then they milked it a little bit too hard so one drop of blood fell into the milk. So he said that we would not drink that, right? Like if if I gave you a cup of milk that had just one single drop of blood, you wouldn't drink it. Why? Yeah. Because this one impurity can has the power to change something from being pure to impure. Our actions, the simplest, the smallest drop. If you wouldn't take milk that has a really tiny drop of blood, then why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that really doesn't need our ibadah, accept our ibadah that has a single speck of riya, a single intention that's not for him. So it's like we need to be constantly like just in focus on what our example is. And remember, you always used to tell me, like another thing that makes it beneficial is like when you're doing your ibadah, kind of like you were saying, like thinking about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, how does Allah see me when I'm doing this action? And understanding that your action is for Allah. Like for when you're praying, a lot of times people get riyat when they're praying. You, you Remember you always tell me like, imagine like Allah's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like you're praying, or the Kaaba is right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Or like Allah's looking at you right now because Allah is. Or when you're reading Quran, you're reading, the, it's like a letter from Allah. This is spoken word of Rabbil Alameen. So imagine Allah's looking at you right now and He just gave you a letter and He's going to see how you react. That's what happens when you're reading Quran. Any other action, how is Allah going to see me when I'm fasting and I'm carrying out the whole day fasting and Allah knows I'm tired and I'm hungry and I want to drink water so bad. How does Allah see me with this action? So it's like refocusing our, our attention as to not what other people think, but what does Allah think? How is He looking down at me? Is He looking down at me with ridha? Is He looking down at me pleased? boasting to the angels to me or is he mad at me because I'm not giving him the attention even though we can never worship or give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his due right but I'm trying Allah knows our intentions and he knows how, how hard we're trying and that's that's what matters right. you know and subhanAllah actually that point where you are worshipping Allah 
as if you know who you see him, that is Ihsan. Oh, Ihsan, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's Ihsan. Right, so th that's the level of Iman that you're trying to get to, Ihsan, where you're worshipping Allah as if you can see him. And if you cannot see him, then know that he can see you. So, subhanAllah, when we get to that point, then inshallah, that will help us, you know, get rid of Riyat. And it kind of, it's like a, it's like a, what's it called? Um, like a win-win. Win-win, you know? Yeah. yeah, subhanAllah. Also, um, didn't you guys mention one time, like, you and Jad were talking about how if you were doing an action, and then you were, like, fighting your intention, because you felt like you were starting to do Riyat, you're starting to show off, and then you just, you're just like, I'm going to stop doing this action, that that in and of itself is Riyat. Yeah, so you cannot, so like, let's say I'm like praying my sunnah prayers after Salat al-Asha, right? And like, after like Jama'ah, like in the Like masjid. you're doing it at the Masjid, yeah. Yeah, and so then uh, I start to like, the shaitan comes and he starts to like, tell me like, oh, like people think you're so good because you're doing the sunnah prayers. And then like, I just get so frustrated. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just not going to pray sunnah anymore. So then you stop Well, that, sunnah. yeah, so that in it in itself, that is you doing riyat because you're not even... You're not even putting the effort to stop it, so clearly you were doing it for other people. You, you believed it. it. You right, like you, believe, you were believing like you, in it, yeah. You stopped it because you thought you were doing it for other people. But that's not how we should be. In in uh the real world what it should be is you should just be constantly okay fighting it. Fighting it, yeah, because you're gonna get it no matter what. And like Mita said, even the like best scholars and everyone, Shaitan exists, guys. Like that's just the truth of the matter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that Allah uh that Shaitan exists, right? multiple times in the Quran um, you know there's like there's the ayah that says la uqaridanna ala siratal mustaqim or I forget I don't know exactly yeah, what the ayah yeah. is I'm gonna sit basically basically yeah I'm gonna sit path. on I'm just gonna and he is so he's just gonna sit there so he's gonna try for so long he's not gonna give up like you guys need to realize this he's not gonna be like alright this guy is such till a the good till the second he died there yeah. was one time there was a guy he was dying and he said not yet not yet and oh, yeah, so yeah, his yeah, son yeah. was like what do you mean not yet not yet he's like shaitan came and he told me i won he's like i'm telling him no, not yeah, yet yeah. because he could still get to me right, seconds yeah. before you die so he's always trying that's what you need to realize you know even in the no matter what he wants to change your and this is one of the easiest ways for shaitan to to kind of get you off because you're doing a good deed and so he may not be able to get you off the good deed but what he may be able you're to right. do is How's have your intention yeah. off the good deed you know, intention not for Allah, but for others. So this is something that shaitan's going to constantly be working on, but we're stronger. So I never thought about that. We can, yeah. Like, he, shaitan's not going to come tell you, don't do this action altogether, because he just right. knows he, you're going to do it. He can't do it. But it's even worse if he makes your intention not for Allah. Like, think about it. No, but he knows, he probably knows, like, that's the only way to get you to not do the action, is to make you doubt your intention. Doubt your intention, yeah. Because you know your intention is correct. But then when shaitan comes and tells you, oh, but are you sure? Mm -hmm. Then that's the only way he's going to get you to stop doing this action. Mm -hmm. Constant doubts, guys. Any kind of doubt you're having, just know it's from shaitan. You know? And then you can always start right? Even mid-salah, no matter what. But what the main getaway from the point today is, guys, is keep renewing your intention. Do not give up on this. Allah knows your struggles. Allah knows your intentions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows you better than you know yourself. He created you. So He knows what you're going through. He knows like my slave is working on it. He, okay, maybe sometimes he doesn't have the most pure intention, but he hates that. And he is trying so hard to have the right intention. And for that, I am pleased with him. Ima just imagine that. And we should always be constantly working in every aspect of our life how is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala viewing me when I'm doing this action? Is Allah pleased with me? And then if Allah is pleased with me, I'm pleased because Allah is pleased. 
you know? Like the Sahaba, subhanAllah, the Sahaba and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi um, I forgot exactly what it was, but it said like that the Sahaba, they were pleased with Allah and Allah was pleased with them. Yeah, yeah. and that's like the, the connection they had. Allah was pleased with them and they were pleased with Allah because they loved that connection they had. So in building that connection, guys, you will, inshallah, you will see your riyat start to distinguish, you know, it'll, it'll go away. Because when you're your actions doing, you are love, love. Right. you're doing it out of the love. You're doing of Allah. it out of love. Yeah. You're doing it out of the hope of Allah's mercy. You're doing That's it because true. you know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is kareem. He will give you. He's bountiful, and He has the best of rewards. And He is the King of the Kings, and He is the one who, you know, like He can give you anything in this world, and like you're gonna meet Him on the day of judgment. Imagine in Jannah when you meet Him, and you can talk about these actions. Ya Allah, I did this action for you, you know, and you will see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and you will have, you know, like this happy moment. And subhanAllah, like, thinking about all these, you need to keep reminding, it's a constant reminder. You know, it can't just be like you remind it once, and then you go away from it. It's just something you're going to have to keep going through in your life. You know, subhanAllah. Naturally, as humans, we're forgetful. Right. So that's... Insane. But, um, yeah, it comes from the word nasi. Nasi. Um, yeah. Which means to forget. Also, I think another thing that should give us more uh, strength, Allah subhanAllah says in the Quran, إِنَّ كَيْدَ الشَّيْطَانِ كَانَ ضَعِيفًا that the plotting and the planning of shaitan is weak. But Allah, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, yeah, like what, is Allah, what do we say in Surah Al-Nas? Shaitan, right? Mm -hmm. he, he whispers into your chest. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not say qulub? Because Allah, the Prophet Muhammad tells us, huna, and he pointed to the heart. Right. So the vessel that holds your iman is your heart. So why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let shaitan control our heart? He doesn't. He only controls our chests, which is like the outside barricade. So it's like you're in a room and there's like a glass door. Shaitan's on the outside and you're on the inside. You choose to open that door and let him in. He knocks, but you choose. So that's mm -hmm. the concept. It's like Shaitan is going to try to come to us until the second before we die. But as long as we know that we, as, we have a, a greater strength over Shaitan, and if we somehow do fall into the plotting of Shaitan, because we as humans are also weak sometimes, yeah. we know that we have a Rabb that is Ghafoor. Yeah, so you go secret prayer. Exactly. Always, yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah. And that reminded me actually of the ayah, where on the day of judgment will come and like the the people will blame shaitan and yeah. say I never did anything I, I just, just whispered. I just whispered you're the one yeah. who listened right but yeah so i mean always repent obviously like that's another thing you always want to make istighfar for these actions like ya allah forgive me if i did have it yet ya allah i didn't want to have it ya allah i didn't mean to forgive me and keep and make dua that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that yet you know dua is another thing that will help you Every single aspect of your life, you can make dua, even for the smallest and biggest things. So, I think that is a wrap. I think that's a great that's a good one, yeah. that, was, that was a great episode. Inshallah, it was helpful um, to everyone out there. Also, we hope you guys enjoyed our Quran, well, not ours, Adam's, uh, basically, <laughs> our Quran series. Um, we want more recommendations for like any suwar, any ideas also that you guys have for like the podcast right. in the we future. We want to expand. We want to. to expand. Inshallah. We, like we always say, honestly, we're like a Deen Thoughts family and we hope that's what makes everyone feel like this. Mm -hmm. I know subhanAllah, um, I just want to say like me and Adam, we love you guys all for the sake of Allah. And I think we don't know what that means. SubhanAllah. In Ramadan, actually, I, I saw a video. Someone's explaining what it means to love someone for the sake of Allah. Do you know? Yeah, actually, I asked Did you see it? No, I asked You want to explain it? Go for know, it. I don't know if you can say the same thing. Okay, I'll say mine and then you say okay, yours. Right. Basically, he said what it means to love someone for the sake of Allah means that, like, for example, why do we love our parents? Because of everything that they do for us, mm -hmm. right? The concept is that if everything was to go away, any other worldly reason that you love someone for, that it's enough that you just love them for the sake of Allah. 
that like it's like kind of like your back fault like mm. even if everything was to go away there's still love for them just because of how close like the connection that you guys have together to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's kind of how I took yeah. it I don't know what did, what did mine was you? when I asked the sheikh he said you love them because of their actions for Allah you know okay so like I mean know, that's kind of similar right yeah so like the like like your friend he reminds you to go to Salah you love him because he's so close to Allah and like you know, he's reminding you of his actions. You know what I mean? But you know, um, they say like, when Allah's, like for example, when Allah swears by something, that shows you that it's great. Because mm-hmm. the jabbar, the greatest, is swearing by something, that means that thing becomes great. So right. then what about a love that's attached to Allah? That means that love is greater than any other kind of love. So like if I just say I love you, but then I say I love you for the sake of Allah, now that I'm bringing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the the yeah. malik into the equation that makes that long love I feel like I feel great. like when people hear like I love for the sake of they get offended because they think it's like oh just for the sake <laughs> yeah, of Allah yeah, yeah. but no that's like that's like the greatest the sake love. for the yeah. sake of Allah yeah Subhanallah. Subhanallah so we love you guys all for the sake of Allah and we want to hear from you guys we want you guys to share we want um, our Deen Das family to become bigger if you guys still haven't joined the sisters or the brothers group chat we'll put the links in the description below. Also, there's a comment section on Spotify for you guys listening on Spotify. Make sure you guys, any thoughts, ideas, concepts. We also have an Instagram if you guys want to reach and out. And YouTube. And YouTube. Remember because it's kind of dying, our YouTube. Yeah, I don't know We got to get it back going. But, Inshallah. Uh, SubhanAllah. All our listeners on Spotify and YouTube is just hard to kind of get yeah. it going. But also, I really think we should do merch. What do you guys think? Put it in the Okay, in we'll the put it in the description. We'll put it in the comments. I think we should do merch for Dean Thoughts. And then we do proceeds to donations. To donations? Yeah. Honestly, I don't mind. That would be a great idea. We just have to find a way to ship it. Because we have a lot of, like, we have people from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. I think that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, Inshallah, I hope everyone benefited. And make sure to share with anyone who you guys think can benefit. Um, Suggest anything that you guys want in the comments. And we'll see you guys next time. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum.